They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Any new parent will tell you that navigating parental leave benefits can be confusing and anxiety-inducing. In fact, employee benefits company Unum recently surveyed new parents and found that 43% of them never met with their employer to discuss their benefits prior to going on leave. An additional 35% said they didn't understand some of the key employee benefits being offered at their workplace. To help start the leave conversation with HR, check out Unum's parental leave guide at unum.com slash parents. You guys, we have made it to the month of June. Happy, happy June. Happy summer break to all you teachers, to all you students, to all you college girls and mamas with school-aged kids. Happy regular Wednesday, June 5th to all of the other people who are still doing their regular everyday life. You know, I think summer can be It can be hard for women in so many ways. Either you're a college student and now you're having to take on a job or you're a student and now you just have all this free time or you're a mama who has structure when your kids are in school and now they're out of school or you look so forward to summer and you cannot wait to experience everything with your kids or you're a woman who works and so June 5th is no different than May 5th for you. Whatever your summer looks like, I hope that you take some time to enjoy the people around you. I know that looks different for everybody, but I just want to encourage you to look around and see those moments where you can enjoy people and not just things, where you can enjoy the people you're with and not just what you're doing. That's my little happy June encouragement to you. We are on our way to our first family summer fun trip. We're going to Northwest Arkansas for Aaron and I to hang out with Amy and Sam Hannon. Aaron and I are cooking at Unimaze on Friday and Saturday night. And when I say Aaron and I are cooking, you all know what I really mean. It means Aaron's cooking and Amy will be cooking. And Jamie, well, I'm just going to be there having fun with everyone else. But we are so excited to be going up to Unimaze and spending some spending two nights with some awesome people in Northwest Arkansas. We're bringing our whole kids along. We're going to have our first road trip of the summer. So that's what we're doing the day this airs. We're going to be so excited to see everybody that we get to see in Northwest Arkansas. So if you're going to be there, please come say hi. Today, we have a show with Pam Tebow. Pam has been married for 40 years to her sweet love, Bob. She's a mom of five kids. She's a grandmother. She sat down with me in the studio, and I was blown away by Pam Tebow. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea what to expect, except for every time she would talk about her son, which probably anyone listening knows who he is. His name is Tim Tebow. Anytime she talks about him, she called him Timmy. And I don't know why that was just so endearing to me. 
Pam talked with me about how she has loved living an adventurous life, but that in her nature, she's not eager for adventure, but she's more hesitant and she's viewed the world through fear sometimes. But it was her husband's support and the word of God that changed her and gave her a different outlook. She saw that the ripple effect of God's word hidden in her heart gave her freedom. You're gonna love this conversation. I am still blown away by some of the details that she told me about when her and her family moved to the Philippines. Another thing that impressed me almost more than any guest that sat in this chair in my office is the way that she used scripture to teach her kids and herself of what is true. Her and her family were living in the Philippines years and years ago, and it wasn't the easiest transition from them. And she still can bring up moments of teaching scripture to her kids in those scary and those fearful and those unknown times. She even tells a story one time how she was tucking in one of her grandkids and her grandkids repeated a song about scripture that she had sang to their mama when she was little. It's just, it was it was a great show for me as a mama and to hear the influence that she had on her kids as a woman and as a mother. Pam's book, Ripple Effects, Discover the Miraculous Motivating Power of a Woman's Influence. It released earlier this year and would be a perfect gift for any woman in your life. Okay, friends, before we get to the interview with Pam, I want to tell you about Patreon. I know that if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about it, but I've gotten a couple of DMs recently where I realize it's still confusing to some people. So Patreon is a super fun platform where you get to partner with us and you get new episodes. You get different episodes. You get episodes that are only available to our Patreon friends. Someone sent me a message recently and said, I just joined Patreon and I had no idea how inexpensive it was. She said she thought it was 20 to $30 a month. Really, Patreon is less than the cost of a coffee and a muffin. And with that cost, $9 is the highest VIP level. With that, you're gonna get four extra episodes a month. You get an episode of the happy hour that it's an exclusive episode. You get a mini series. We do different mini series throughout the year. You get that. You get another conversation with me and a friend and you get a conversation that Aaron and I have. It's a live event, but if you miss it, we give you the audio to listen to. Four extra episodes for $9 a month. If you wanna just try it out, you can do for $3 a month and you get the mini series extra every single month. Now, it feels weird because we're asking you to buy something and you get the happy hour for free every week. And I am so thankful that you're here. Literally, I cannot express to you how grateful I am that you show up every single week and listen to these fabulous interviews that we prepare for you. We don't take our job lightly. We take it very seriously. We pray about our guests that come on the show. We pray for you as you listen. We want all of these shows, we want them to encourage you. We want them to challenge you. We want them to inspire you. We want them to point you to Jesus in every single conversation. The great thing about being a Patreon member is that you get to help us push our mission forward. So what Patreon does is it allows us to make extra episodes. It does cost money to create these shows. And so this helps us create more shows for you. It also is helping our team grow. Lindsay's been working with me in the Happy Hour podcast for about a year and her role is expanding. And honestly, the Patreon support that we get helps us expand and add more people to our team and create more events and create more product for you. And so I just want you to know that it is helpful when you partner with us through Patreon. And I think it's sometimes hard for me to talk about because I don't want to be like, hey, everybody send me your money. But I'm super confident in the shows that we put out and the shows that we put out for Patreon are no less than the show that we put out every single week for you through the regular happy hour episode. And so 
I would love just to invite you to check it out. I'd love to invite you to come over, try it out for a while. I think you will love it. I think you will love the extra shows. I think you will love the interaction between Aaron and I, that's my husband, that we bring to you when we do our live chats with you once a month. So come check it out, jamieivy.com slash Patreon. See what all the fun is. I can almost guarantee you're gonna love it. I really can. I'm confident, you guys. So check us out, Patreon, jamieivy.com slash Patreon. It's less than coffee and a muffin. That's it, and you get four new shows. I call that a win, you guys. That's a win for the month of June. There you go. You're going to need more shows to listen to on your road trips, by the pool, on your elliptical, washing dishes, all the things. Okay, enough about that. Let me get back to our show today. Here is my conversation with sweet, adorable, scripture-loving, mama-loving, grandma-sweet Pam Tebow. Pam, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you, Jamie. I am so happy to have you here. Um, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I should call you Mrs. Tebow. <laughs> that's because I'm older. But no, that's I okay. feel like it's like you're, you're, I feel like I'm going to sit down with this wise woman who's going to tell me all of the secrets to life. And so I feel like that person needs a Mrs. in front of their name. Oh, you're so kind, but please feel free to call me Pam. I will. Thank you, Pam. You're welcome. Um, in all honesty, thank you for coming and sitting down with us. Um, it's a joy to have you here. I know that our conversation today is going to encourage and inspire so many women that listen. So thank you. You're welcome. Okay, start out by introducing yourself to our listener. Tell them a little bit about your family, and then we will jump in to some fun, awesome conversations. Well, I have a husband named Bob, and we've been married a very long time. I have five kids. How long have y'all been married? We've been married over 40 years. That is so amazing. It is. Congratulations. We got married right after we graduated from college. My husband graduated about a couple semesters ahead of me, and then we were married and headed off to grad school. And we have five kids, uh, Christy, Katie, Robbie, Peter, and Timmy. We have eight grandkids and one on the way, number nine. So we're a full house and we're just thrilled. Everyone is scattered, but we're thankful that we all come together. And uh, as I told you earlier, they did not kill each other growing up and now they're very close and they support one another and we come together as often as possible. And we're so grateful for family. You know, I think what you just described about your family is kind of what I imagine and I don't know you or your family until just now, but it's what I imagine my future, is what I pray that my future looks like. And I remind my kids often, especially like my not, like not as a family unit, but the, the siblings, I say to them, I said, you guys are, you will know each other the longest in your entire life. You will know your siblings, if everything works out in a typical way, 80 year lifespan, whatever, you'll be with your siblings longer than with us. You'll be with your siblings longer than your spouse. You'll be with your siblings longer than your kids. I'm like, you guys have to love each other because you have each other. That's right. And you know each other. And so you can be there for one another, whoever needs your support at the moment. Everybody rallies. That's what I have loved watching is that when one of the siblings needs the rest of his family or her family, they come through and they're able to just say the right thing or do the right thing. And that just means so much to a mom's heart. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, I, right now, I think I'm parenting, just so you know, a 15-year-old, two 13-year-olds and an 11-year-old. And one of the things that I'm pretty adamant about in our house is that we go and support each other in everything that they're doing. Right. And let me tell you, I have 
you know, two kids who play baseball, softball, and two that don't. The two that don't, well, first of all, baseball's a game you either love it or you hate it, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I know all about it. I yes. have one playing baseball at the moment. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, it's either just this, like, you love it or you hate it. I love baseball, mm-hmm. and my two kids that play obviously love baseball. The other three members of our family think that baseball is worse than watching grass grow. <laughs> because it's slow. Because it's slow. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, I mean, you know, also baseball has like 800 games a season. So oftentimes, I will tell my other kids, you need to come and support your brother or sister. Right. And they're like, oh, I hate watching baseball. And I'm like, well, this is what we do as a family. And so I'm hoping that my hard work and the uncomfortableness of my kids sitting through baseball games will pay off in the end. You know, I really believe you're onto something because that's what we did with our kids. We encouraged them and probably we required them to attend, whether it was a piano recital for a sister or a game for a brother. And they really didn't fight me too much on it because that just was a family rule and a family policy. And so we we all showed up for everybody. And now they continue to show up. Even if it's hard to get to, everyone rallies. They support whoever's doing something at the moment. They show up and they and it takes a lot more to have to fly somewhere or to make that big effort. But I think you're you really are on the right track because when that becomes part of what they do naturally as they're growing up, I think they continue to do that in their adult lives. Well, that's my hope and prayer. So we'll see how it all works out. Either that or they'll never go to another baseball game in their entire life. Um, But Pam, you have lived a very exciting and full life as well. Um, Not only, you know, parenting five children is exciting in and of itself, but you and your husband, Bob, lived in the Philippines for many years. You have had an adventurous life as well. And I would have never considered myself an adventurer. So it was crazy for me to have uh, been called to go to the mission field with my husband when it was a very challenging time, very primitive place, uh, a lot of wars going on at the time. And we, we had to evacuate because planes shooting real bullets were flying over our home. And actually we had bullet holes in our roof and tanks coming down our street. Uh, my husband got and all this excited. this is not without children. You had, oh, I had children. Yeah, I was gonna say, this yeah, is not just you and your husband That's on this right. adventure. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so we had a lot of adventures while we were there. And my husband is fearless. I mean, he has preached a communist when he knew what he was getting into. And he really is fearless. And he helped, of the two of us, but he helped to raise fearless kids that could take on the challenges of life and- You know, I think that was, it didn't come naturally to me, but we learned right away when we went to uh, the Philippines. The first week we were there, my husband left us in a a compound for missionaries. So we thought that's a safe place. uh And he went to the island where we were going to live and he was going to secure our home. And the very first night, uh, that day I prayed with my kids and the Lord prompted me to move all the cash we brought. In those days, you couldn't wire money. So we brought cash to buy a car, start a ministry, do all the things we needed. And I felt prompted as I prayed with my kids, as my husband left, that I should move it. I mean, that was just so the Lord. And so I hid the money in um, some clothes and a dresser that would have been hard to find. And that night as we were sleeping in the through the veil of darkness, a robber came in our somewhat safe place and my four kids at the time and I were all sleeping in the same room and I watched him with, you know, just peeking, peeking. Um, I saw him just look at each one of our kids. He looked in the 
the footlocker. Can you imagine I brought a footlocker mm-hmm. to the Philippines? My dad's old army footlocker. Yeah, uh-huh. They had no weight requirements at the time. And um, he looked where I had hid the money earlier. There was nothing there. And he grabbed my purse. He ended up taking out a few pesos and throwing it back. But we all developed fears because of that. I'm sure. And so as a result of that, I realized, you know, we have to combat our kids' fears because we wanted to raise courageous kids. So I found a verse that dealt with fear and I put it to a tune, which is how I came up with a plan to teach my kids scripture. I'm not very clever and I don't sing well. <laughs> and I know you do and your husband does. Oh, I do not. Just but so your husband does. My husband does. Okay, okay. Yes. But you probably have kids that sing and I have I do no have musical. Kids that sing, yes. Yes. And I have no musical ability, but I realize that what's learned in song is remembered long. And so I put a scripture to Psalm 56. Do you want me to sing it? I, I was going to ask. <laughs> okay. And I'm only, it helps to be older. So I'm, you know, I'm not, um, I don't mind making fun of myself. Okay. <clears throat> when I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere men do to me? When I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. And it's funny the Bible I had at the time was New American Standard, but it still had the these and nows in it. Now yeah. they're removed, uh-huh. but it rhymes so well. I've it's just never so taken it. I've never taken it out. And I would sing that verse to them every night when I put them to bed for years. And I think one of the great, um, the great moments of my life was when I went to a grandkids' birthday party a couple years ago, and uh, five of my grandkids, two of my daughters had a birthday party and it was a wild day with, you know, balloons and cake and presents and kids and games. And the girl said, mom, why don't you put the kids to bed? Those rowdy kids yeah, you know, uh-huh. after all that. So I did. And they were all there sleeping together, the little cousins. And uh, they said, grandma, sing us a song. So I told them a story. And then I started singing when I am afraid. And every one of those five kids sang along with me. And I went back to my room and I cried happy tears because I realized that's really what a ripple effect is. You know, you, you're you so desperate. You turn to the Lord and then he gives you a plan to teach your kids about courage. And then they turn around and teach their kids about being courageous and trusting the Lord and not being fearful because fear will paralyze you. And my husband always says, there's no fear in perfect love. God loves us perfectly. And I, I'm so grateful for that. I just, that's one of my favorite memories because that is the impact that a mom can have. That is so good. And I'm thinking when you were telling the story, I was like, please say the kids started singing. Please say the kids started singing. <laughs> well, I, I didn't I didn't even imagine that yeah, they would. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, I didn't even think that, but oh my goodness, I was just encouraged beyond words. Did you have other scriptures you put to song? <laughs> I had, I've had memorized hundreds of scripture that I taught my kids because I realized whenever there were issues that came up, what's the best way to teach them? Well, I could give them a lecture Mm -hmm. or I could put a scripture to a tune. And not all scriptures were to tunes, but if I could find one, I would. And it was simple. And a lot of tunes I copied or made them up and they're silly. You know, they're not going to be the hip, you know, hit Uh songs. But um, for instance, our little boys played ball and you have boys that play ball. Yes. So you get this, mm-hmm. that they would want to brag. You know, they'd hit a home run, baseball, right? Score touchdown. We talk about this, yes. Yes, and they would want to They would want to tell everybody about it. So my husband and I thought, what are we going to do? We don't want these little braggarts. So 
we uh, looked, I tried to find a scripture and there's a good one. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Stranger, not your own lips. Let somebody else praise you. Don't brag about yourself. And so we made that a rule in our home, but we knew that you know, Saturday was a big game day. And then on Sunday at church, they'd want to go tell people. So we alerted a couple of our friends that it was okay to ask them how they did. You know, So they could have that opportunity. So they had that opportunity. They were just bubbling over, I love that. you know, wanting to, mm-hmm. wanting to share. And so our Letting safe friends, ask yes, you, yes, yes. Well, so someone else asked them and then they would share. But you know, that has continued yeah. on because I read in a, in a newspaper article years later, when Timmy, um, a reporter asked Timmy, our son that played football, um, so how, why is it that you don't talk about yourself? We can't get you to talk about yourself. He said, well, when I was young, my mom taught me a verse. So boys don't tell you stuff, as you know. Right. They do not tell you details. Girls do. Mm-hmm. So I had to read it in the newspaper that my mom taught me a verse that and it stayed so with me and it's it stands out in my mind when someone asks me a question about myself. Well, I'm just thinking that we need a Tebow um, scripture album coming out quickly <laughs> oh here. My. I mean, oh, it can be like, funny. you know, we have the Gaither family. We've that's got right. the Tebow family kids scripture album. Mark it down. And oh, well, okay, I see I'll coming. keep that. People always ask me, do you have a CD? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I don't even <laughs> sing well. And a lot of times when I speak at events, I will go right after the musical group. Yeah. Somebody who who is has an incredible voice or group usually yeah. that has, uh-huh. you know, they blend together and they're so on key. And I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm doing this right afterwards. I'm about but, to tell them, yeah. But then I think it makes it applicable for everybody yeah. because you don't have to have a good voice and you don't have to be clever. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do it at all to learn scripture, right. but it does stick in your head. Yeah. You know, think of the commercial jingles you remember. I remember songs from the 60s that I would I was never say. admit to my kids. Okay, when the music comes on, I know every word. Yep. And I don't even remember that I know it, but it's in my head. Oh, yeah. I mean, you turn on, you know, unfortunately for me, if we get like some 90s hip hop rap, right. I know all the words. <laughs> of course you do. Of course, yes. <laughs> um, okay, Pam, I have a question when you were talking sure. about you and your husband moving to right. the Philippines with four young kids. Right. And in a minute, I want you to tell the story about your fifth kid oh, joining right. your family. Because I was story. just like, oh my gosh. I, I know. And, but That's I remember, I'll set it up this way. When I had my two kids, mm-hmm. I had two kids at the time, and my youngest was one years old, I got invited to go on a mission trip to Haiti. Um, I ended up saying, yes, it changed the trajectory of our family because yes. two of my kids were born in Haiti. But what I remember with that opportunity was feeling like this. And and I have con- I don't feel this way anymore, but this is where I think so many women can relate to this. What kind of mom would leave her kids to go to a third world country? So many moms struggle with doing big things like that because they feel like my time is not now. It will be later when I don't have kids. And so when you're telling me this story, I'm like, I'm sure that there had to have been friends of yours that are going, you're taking your four kids to this country that is, it's in unrest. And then your first night you get robbed. What is your encouragement to moms that our life, we don't start living for Jesus when our kids graduate high school, that we can still do these big things with our kids under our roof. What is your encouragement for these women? Wow, that's a great question. You ask good questions, Jamie. I uh, I thought long and hard about it because it was a big step, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, where are we going to get the money? My husband was a pastor. Are you kidding? You know, um, 
I had a feeling my husband went on a mission trip. He'd never been able to go on a mission trip, but I knew his heart was was evangelism. His gifting is evangelism. He was a pastor. He has all these degrees, but his heart is evangelism. So when he went on this mission trip and all these all these people came to Christ, he started a church, a couple churches. He came back just so excited. And I thought, well, I wonder. And then he never said anything about it again. He went right back to, to um, his church. But then uh, my husband was out of town speaking in another state. And I was home in bed with my kids. And it was as if, and this this doesn't happen <laughs> normally. It's never happened before since. But I sensed that God was saying to me, I want you to go to the mission field. And he did the same thing to my husband and my husband, you know, true to his form. I mean, this, he's just so trusting. He said immediately when God called him, he said, sure, I'll go, Lord, I'll go, I'll go. No hesitancy. And I said, but Lord, what about, you know, I have four kids. Uh, where are we going to get the money? We have this church, you know, well, what are we going to do with our home? And I wrestled with the Lord all night. And another verse um, that I'd memorized, ah, Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arms. Nothing is too difficult for you. And I kept thinking, okay, nothing's too difficult for God. He created the world. Is it too difficult for him? Mm. You know, and that verse kept going round and round in my head. Scripture has that power. And I thought, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And I just hung on. It was just that moment of faith. And I couldn't imagine how it would happen, but I just made the decision. And so when my husband came home and and we compared notes, we realized God had called us at the same time. So it was just so amazing. I have goosebumps now as I share it because it's a God thing. It's such a God thing. And I don't take it for granted because I would have gone anyway. I would have submitted to my husband and gone but we had so many challenges while we were in the Philippines. I think God just did that especially for me, just mm-hmm. to let me know that, yes, he called me to. It was his plan for me to go, and I'm grateful. Well, and I do look at stories like this and think that it's easy to look in from the outside and go, I could have never done what Pam and Bob did. I could have never done that. But the truth is that God gives us exactly what we need That's when right. we need it. That's right. And so— people listening going, oh my gosh, I could never make, well, when you're in those, when God has you where he has you, he gives you this special amount of grace that you don't even know you need it. That's so true, Jamie. So wise. I mean, you just told me the story about a man breaking into your home the very first night and your husband's not there. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what that conversation looked like when your husband came home. I mean, were you freaking out or were you like, it's okay? (sighs) Well, Because you couldn't text him, you couldn't call him, right? That's right. And I could never text him or call him or anyone else in the Philippines because we had no communication with anybody, you know? So that was the challenge. But I had just memorized that verse. Isn't that so like the Lord? I had just learned that verse and thought, well, I'm going to put that to memory. And then there's so much at stake because your kids watch you. Mm. And so how am I going to react to this? There you know, they were young, but they still watch you and they take a lot more in than we can imagine. How are you going to live a life of faith in front of them? Are you going to trust God in front of your kids? And I think I had to consciously decide that. Well, yes, they are watching me. Mm -hmm. People are always watching you. They want to know what you believe about God. Is it real to you? Are you just talking? Are you ready to stake your life on it? Yeah. 
And I, I think one of the greatest confirmations to me was later on after our oldest daughter, Christy, um, met her husband and she just always loved being on the mission field, mission trips, everything about mission. She loved the gospel like her daddy. And um, she met her, the love of her life, who grew up going on a zillion mission trips with my husband, discipled by my husband, came from an amazing That's Christian a dream family. right there. A dream. He has a great family. Uh-huh. His dad's a pastor. And, you know, he had a great upbringing, but then he had all this mission experience. And their story is a sweet love story, but they felt called to go to a mission field, even a harder one than Mm -hmm. God sent us to. And her words to me were, Mom, Joey and I can hardly wait to trust God on the mission field like you and Daddy did. And I thought, oh, Lord, thank you that somehow you gave me the grace because I'm not that naturally courageous person that wants to step out of my comfort Mm -hmm. zone, but God put me there whether I liked it or not. And he gave me the grace. I mean, it is his grace that I was able to trust him. And then my kids watched me. And when Christy told me that, I thought, Lord, thank you. So grateful to the Lord. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Okay, friends, I know you're loving my conversation with Pam so much. I loved it as well. I want to think a minute and thank our sponsors for today's show. The first sponsor is Rothy's. It's no surprise that Rothy's has over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. They're stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable, really the perfect flats for life on the go. I have a pair of Rothy's that I absolutely adore and love, and you can throw them in the wash and they come out clean and perfect and still fit wonderful. One thing that I do love about Rothy's, and they keep you on your toes. If you go back to their webpage to try to get a style, not a style, but the design that you loved, they're constantly having new designs. So you're constantly finding new things, which I love so much. Since Rothy's are seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles, they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on, which means there's zero break-in period. You know when you buy a pair of new shoes and you have to walk around in your house for like three weeks before you can wear them out in public? Not Rothy's. Plus, like I told you already, they're constantly launching new styles. So you're guaranteed to find a pair or three that you love and go back the next month and you're going to find more that you love. Better yet, you guys, Rothy's are manufactured in a zero waste factory and they ship directly in the shoebox, which means no unnecessary packaging. I love that so much. Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns exchanges. No risk, no worries, no reason not to try. You will quickly discover why BuzzFeed's called them the forever shoes. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash Ivy. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash Ivy, I-V-E-Y, that's my last name, to get your new favorite flats, comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash Ivy today. Okay, guys, I want to thank our next sponsor. And it's also a clothing thing, Third Love. I'm a fan of Third Love. I'm a fan of Rothy's. Both of these sponsors today are things that I actually love and wear. And that is so much fun to talk with you about. Third Love has more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Here's how Third Love is going to help you. You're going to go online and you're going to go to their Fit Finder quiz. It's a few simple questions and it's going to help you find your perfect fit bra in 60 seconds. You guys, I cannot even tell you how awesome that is for a couple reasons. Number one, I like to do things from my own home. 
Number two, I have been fitted for a bra in a very nice bra store, and that is just a little bit uncomfortable for some people. People all up in your business, if you know what I mean. But Third Love, you take this quiz online and it helps you find your perfect fit. Then, thanks to Third Love's 100% fit guarantee, you can wash it, you can wear it, and you can put your bra to the test for 60 days. And if you don't love it, you can return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. When I heard that, that might be one of my favorite things about them. Besides their awesome bras, besides the way they truly do fit me perfectly, I love that they are so willing to let you try it out. They think you're going to love it. But if there's some reason that you don't, they're going to donate it. And I had someone recently say, hey, I tried it out and it just didn't work right. And I said, you know what? Send it back and try again. They sent me another message like two weeks later. They're like, I got a new bra and it's awesome. So it's worth trying, you guys. This is hands down the most comfortable bra that you're going to own. They have straps that won't slip, tagless labels. They're lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie, J-A-M-I-E for 15% off today. Okay, friends, here's the rest of my conversation with Mrs. Tebow. I think that's encouraging for any mama that's listening. It doesn't have to be in the mission no, it context. But no, it doesn't. I'm thinking about in my home, what if there was a money situation or an argument with that's my right. husband or a friend situation? It's not that we're health asking- problems. Health problems. It's Big not issues. that we're asking yes. to be fake in front of our kids, that's but we're right. asking to show them that when we're hurting or scared or sad that we have someone who is bigger than all of that. That's right. And they watch us. They do. And they watch us more carefully than we can imagine. They take in a whole lot more even when they're very young. I know that kind of scares me sometimes. It does. But that, I think (laughs) that makes us really be more responsible than we ordinarily would be. When we think about it that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because we're not all alone in this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're impacting these little lives. And so I, there's a lot of accountability. That's awesome to that. I uh, recently interviewed my kids for something and they said a few things in that interview that afterwards I went home and told my husband, I said, they actually listened to us. They, it was like <laughs> they repeated something I say to them often. And I thought, I didn't say that to them like, oh, you're listening. But in my head, I went, they actually are listening to what we tell them. And it was good. It was good things, things I want them to know that good. sometimes you think, are these kids, are they taking it in? Are they listening? And they, they are. are, but they also take in the negative things. And I have to let your listeners know that I don't always do it right. I mean, I'm just telling you those stories about when yes. I did do it right, uh-huh. but I also did it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there are repercussions from that. And you learn from that, Yeah, you know, and then you have to apologize to your kids. And we can still point them to Jesus we in our wrongness. Yeah. We just have to confess to them. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy to do. Confession's never easy. I know. But then for your kids to see that you're real and that you make mistakes too. And when you do, what do you do? Yeah. Well, you say you're sorry. You say you're sorry to the people you offend. And then you say you're sorry to God. I mean, oh, that's tough. But how are they going to know? Exactly. That when they blow it, that they can come back to God and God, you're forgiven. Uh You're forgiven. And there's their freedom then. Yeah. So I think that's an important part of it. So I'm telling you the good stories. But there's some negative ones Mm -hmm. too. Well, I do want you to tell this story. Okay. Because I, not only did you move to the Philippines with four of your children, you had your fifth child while living overseas. I did. And your fifth child, just the elephant in the room, your fifth child is Tim Tebow, who people probably know who that is. Um, So you had him 
in the Philippines under some really, really, (laughs) I could not believe the circumstances. So tell us about this last, this last child that you brought into the world. You know, I was really happy with four kids and, um, but my husband was preaching in a remote village in the Philippines and he found himself weeping over the babies that were being aborted Mm -hmm. in America. And he wept over those babies and he got down on his knees and wept over them. And it was in that context that he said, Lord, and he prayed and he wrote down his prayer and he said, Lord, if you give us a son, we'll name him Timothy, which means honoring God and we'll raise him to be a preacher. Well, he came back and told our family and I had been very sick with amoebic dysentery the year before. And so I knew the medical conditions were great, weren't great there. And I had four kids. I was older. I thought, How old was your youngest at the time? Um, Let's see. Peter was probably by that time he was two. Okay. And so all my kids are basically about three years apart and um, maybe a little over two. We took him when he was a baby to the Philippines. Uh I also knew what a challenge that was. Oh my goodness. I was aware of the reality of the life Mm -hmm. that we lived. And yet- my kids were so excited when my husband told them the story and they just started praying right away for a brother named Timmy. I mean, they called him Timmy from the beginning. And what was I going to do? I prayed along with them and God answered our prayers. So, and it was a crazy time because I had a challenging pregnancy. I had profuse bleeding and cramping. I'd never had that before, no issues like that. And my friend that was another missionary in the area had given birth there on the island where we lived and she had gone to the doctor, the best, quote, best doctor in town. And so she advised us to go to her and there wasn't a plan B doctor. So we had no other choice. And we went to her and she did some tests and she said that I needed to abort and abort immediately in order to save my life. And that Timmy really wasn't a baby. He was a mass of fetal tissue. And so um, later on, and Timmy jokes about this, when people interview him, he said, my brothers and sisters called me Timmy the tumor when I was young. <laughs> and you know, that sounds funny. We uh-huh. even talked about that on Good Morning America. And I'm thinking, okay, this is, was not so funny at the time. Yeah. It really wasn't because she said, you're, you're going to die. You know, there's, there's, there's no option. And we couldn't do that. You know, and I, I just want to preface this with, with just, there might be some readers whose mother made that choice and she decided that she would have that baby and she had to give up her life in order to, to have the greatest sacrifice of all. The greatest sacrifice of love is to give up your life for that of another. And I appreciate that. And I have met women and men who tell me their stories. A lot of people want to tell me their stories and that's a that's a beautiful story. And we had to, think that through. I may have to give up my life and I'm just going to have to trust God. There was nothing we could do. Can I ask you a medical question? Sure. Would that have been the same case if you've been living in the States? Was it a doctor thing or was it, that would have been the same diagnosis? I have no idea. I think it was, would be the same diagnosis because um, it's interesting, but because now there are a lot of women that have that same story. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was interesting because I, I, one of the great privileges that I've had was to speak at the March for Life last year. And it was somewhat intimidating. I had three or four minutes, but I've never worked harder on my message to get it succinct. And you look out at a crowd of 400,000 people 
And you think, oh my goodness, you try to block it out. Uh-huh. And you speak right after President Trump and you try to block that out because yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what he's going to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you look at the sea of people and you know that there's thousands tuning in and you think, oh my goodness, well, I told my story. And then the wonderful organizers for March for Life, it's just the most incredible. Um, it's just so incredible to be a part of all that. But they they told me the story. There was a mother who went to the doctor and she'd heard, she heard me speak. And then she went to the doctor and the doctor told her the exact same thing the doctor told me. And she assumed it was probably the same issue. And my words popped mm. into her head. I mean, that's a God thing. Yeah. You know, only God could have put those words mm-hmm. there at that moment. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. She left. She went to another doctor and the doctor, and it took a few more weeks, but the doctor listened. He found the heartbeat. And as far as I know, she had a healthy pregnancy. Which, you know, isn't that amazing? And I look back when you you started the story with your husband in the Philippines weeping over abortion in America. That's right. Isn't that interesting? Which didn't even kind of make sense when you're first telling the story. But now I look at the the trajectory that God put your life on. And then then you would get to have these moments to speak about this. That's right. And I never would have imagined being able to tell that story because we were anonymous missionaries. Mm -hmm. No one who knew who we were. They didn't know where we were. You know, we had people that, you know, prayed for us and supported us, but you're just doing your thing in the Philippines. We were just doing our things at the time. You could not, you know, we would write letters, Mm -hmm. but they would go by ship. Yes. And it was just, you know, really we were very anonymous. Uh And then, you know, our our son Timmy's Mm -hmm. up for the Heisman and an ESPN reporter who interviewed every Heisman candidate's family since they started broadcasting on television, interviewed us for a couple of hours. And they interviewed Timmy when he was in school in Gainesville. And they said, and Timmy said, you know, you have to ask my mother about my story. So she asked me and I told her, well, she was the one who chose the clip about me not aborting Timmy to put on national television preceding the announcement that Timmy was the first sophomore to win the Heisman Uh Trophy. So all of a sudden, God gave me an instant national platform for pro-life message. I could have never in my life planned it. You know, people commend me. I think, look, don't commend me. I did not think any of this up. Uh-huh. I, I just was hanging I'm on by a thread. I'm raising my kids That's and right. doing I'm my thing. That's right, I'm just hanging on to God. You know, it's all I could do. And um, then God just wrote yeah. the story. And then he was the one that shouted it from, uh-huh. you know, national television. Yeah. And then I had, I got home from New York and had um, messages asking me to speak at their pro-life events. I mean, who could have right. planned that? It yeah. certainly wasn't me. But anyway, back to the story. So we obviously didn't didn't abort and I, I had no medical care. I couldn't go anywhere. No plan B doctor. My doctor in the States that had delivered three of my children wrote me a letter. I wrote him a letter. He wrote me a letter that came by ship. Mm-hmm. So I got it toward the, you yeah. know, <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, he encouraged me, but you know, what are you, yeah. you going to uh-huh. do? And we just we just prayed and trusted the Lord, and I just you know homeschooled from the bed, and we we just lived life that way, and just hung on to the Lord. And people in the states prayed, and then um, the bleeding stopped one day suddenly, and we couldn't explain that either. So my husband flew us to Manila. He decided, you know, if this is the way the medical conditions are, we're gonna move, I'm gonna move my family to Manila. It's what his board wanted anyway, because then he could travel to the mm-hmm. other islands and. And preach. So anyway, he he flew me to Manila, and we had a wonderful American trained doctor. He was a Filipino, but he had been trained at Tulane, and um, he was just incredible. He saved both of our lives. Wow. And so Bob was there when 
uh, Timmy was delivered and he said, Mr. Tebow, I've delivered, he delivered 25,000 babies. Mm -hmm. Can you even imagine? No. And he said, I've never been a part of a miracle like this. He said, I've never seen anything like it. I can't explain it. He said, there was just a tiny piece of listen involved. And, and, um, he realized that, that I, my, I had this huge cyst and nobody would have caught it if I had given birth in the province. He said, I would have surely died of, you know, and he explained Mm -hmm. it all and Timmy would have, you know, we, neither one of us could have survived, but he saw the cyst immediately and he'd already started giving me antibiotics and, but he knew that I Mm -hmm. would have not been concerned about that. All I cared about was delivering my baby. So Timmy was born somewhat malnourished though. And I love to joke that um, we ask all our family and friends in the States to pray that he would grow big and strong. And so if you've seen him lately, you know, God answered their he's prayers. Grown, so big and strong, he's yeah. big and strong and we're thankful. And we're thankful for, for his willingness to, to, to stand up for life and be a spokesperson yeah. because, you know, we live in a world that, you know, is just, you know, there's a lot of um, fighting mm-hmm. on one side or the other about the issue of life but his is a life story, yeah. you know, that yeah. God wrote yeah, so that we can share it and we're grateful for it. It's a beautiful story. And you tell some of these stories in your book, Ripple I do. Effects. And one of the things that you talk about in here is about women having influence. That's right. And, you know, you just said, here I am, just regular old Pam Tebow. And That's then right. I get on Good Morning America. And next thing I know, here's this influence I have that I, I you never asked for or you never wanted. But that your influence didn't start there. That's right. Your influence started years and years and years ago. And I think there is this, and I'm I'm glad you're speaking about it because it's a passion of mine as well. There's this misconception that the people with influence are the people with microphones. And the people with influence are the ones that write books and the people with influences. And they would look at you and I and go, oh, they have influence. But I always, I want to look at every woman and like kind of put her hands, her face in between my hands and say, you have influence right where you are. That's right. Talk about this and why you're so passionate about this. Well, I think I realized it early on and I I don't even know why it was, but I believe that within our hearts, every woman has a desire for purpose and influence. I mean, it just is part of our DNA. You know, we we want to wake up with a reason, you know, to do what we do in the spheres that we're in. And I realized I could have influence with my children as a mom. That's just our greatest opportunity. And life impacting influence is really what we have. But all of us, no matter if we know one person, you know, or we we're in a job where we have, we're surrounded by coworkers or we work in a store or we're greeting customers or we're a student and we're in a classroom, you know, or we're, we're somewhat isolated, you know, with just a, you know, little kids to take care of. We have influence in that sphere and God can use us to impact the lives of people in that sphere. And I think that's a great purpose, whether we're old or we're young, no matter where we're planted in life, God gives us that potential for life impacting influence. And I love to encourage women with that. You know, I, I tell a story in the book about how my mom didn't think her life counted and she was 70. And my daughters encouraged her. We were giving her a 70th birthday party and they encouraged her, Grandma, you're in, in all these clubs. You could, she loved to write cards. You, know, you could with your cards that you send to people, add a Bible verse and say something encouraging. And she, her life changed. She lived until she was 86, but she realized, and I write that story and there's a lot more to it, but she realized, wait a minute, 
there's an opportunity for me to impact people. And it was the people in her clubs and in her neighborhood. And she started handing out little tracks in her in her salon where she did her hair every week, uh-huh. you know. Yes. And it was just the sweetest thing because she would call and tell me, I got to give a devotion. And she was so shy about it, but she would get to give a devotion in her secular women's club. And all of a sudden people were sharing, you know, they were sharing about what that meant to them. And they were reading the Bible verses she she shared in her cards. And, you know, she had influence. Yeah, yeah. And she was excited. It gave her purpose. And if your mom can figure that out at 70. Yes. We got this. We do. We do. (laughs) We have this. That's exactly right. Well, and you even tell stories in your book about when you were in college and the influence that people had on your own life of coming to know the Lord. That's right. And so that is such, I have, you know, a lot of young the listeners. The greatest influence is that, that right. coming to know the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another question I have about parenting, because I just literally want to just talk with you about all kinds of parenting things, but I, I'm very aware that not all my listeners have kids. Um, but I do want to ask you this. You mentioned the influence that your family has kind of been thrown into um, in a, on a greater scale, not that you didn't have influence before, but the way that's looked like. Can you talk with me about maybe any struggles that you guys have had or walked through or endured because of your faith in such a spotlight? Um, I can only imagine that that's been hard. And, and I think that this is not something that's unique to you and your family. This is something that we all have to walk through no matter where we are. It just might look different. What has that been like for you guys if all of a sudden, here's the spotlight on our family and still sticking strong to what we believe to be true. Well, I can't live on social media because that's where you get a lot of the criticism. It's so bad, isn't it? It's is so bad. And I, I have a heart for all the women that that's, the, that's their life right now. I mean, that's the way it is. That's how people communicate. But it's really tough because it seems like we live in a world when there's so many put downs and everyone wants to attack someone else. I guess it makes them feel better. That's a hard world to live in. And it's especially hard for a mom when someone's attacking your child and they're criticizing your child for standing up for life, for instance, or anything else, or the way they play ball. You know, you're a mother with baseball players, so you can identify maybe your child strikes out and they're quick to criticize. That's really tough, really tough. Uh, I memorized a lot of verses on the tongue so that I wouldn't say things that I regret because I am so capable of that. You think them first, but once they come out of your mouth, you can't take them back. You know what I mean? Set a guard, O Lord, over my lips. Keep watch over the door of my tongue, you know, over my mouth. You just don't want to say the wrong things, either to the people that are criticizing or to your children. You have to be so careful. And I've done it the wrong way. So I know how important it is to do it the right way. And I, I... I have to let some of that go when I hear people on a national stage criticize my my children, any of them. It hurts. It's tough. It hurts us, I think. I can't even imagine. I would just start crying. I literally oh, would I've just done start that. crying. I have done that. Trust me. And then I'd be mad. I'm like, oh no, you don't even know. Oh yeah. I sat <laughs> at a football game with somebody behind me making these horrible statements about my football player on the field. I remember. Did you um, turn around and say anything, Pam? I did not. I because you said the Bible verse. That's exactly right. Tongue. Because I couldn't. I'm taking because it all. Because I in. don't want to be that mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and boy, it is tempting. I could so easily 
be that be that mother. You know, I just don't, I don't want to be. I'm going to remember <laughs> your words and God's words. Oh, Next time yes. This happens, this there are a whole to lot me. of verses <laughs> in the Bible, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. They're so, guard my mouth with a muzzle. Oh. And that's a, isn't that a great visual? Can you imagine a muzzle on your mouth? And I've sat, sat in so many ball games watching not only Timmy, but his siblings do things or, you know, in a, in all kinds of situations. And I have to pray that because you don't want to respond to people. I needed to pray that last night at the baseball field for some other parents. (laughs) That's right. Last night at the baseball field, we've got 15-year-old kids up in these games and these parents were going off on him. I was so embarrassed. He then pulled off his mask and talked to the parents and then he had to throw a, throw a kid out. And I literally am like, what is happening right now? These kids are 13 years old. And I'm on the drive home, it was my son Deacon and we were talking about it. And um, a kid on the other team mouthed off to the ump and got thrown out. And I said, Deacon, what would happen if you ever do that? He said, oh, you'd be on the field pulling me out of the game. And I was like, you are exactly right. That's right. I would wear you out. He's like, I know, mom. No, I know. So, well, but it is just so crazy how these kinds of events and that's you right. sitting at baseball, football games and baseball fields, they can bring out some hard things. They in really hearts. do. And sports are the worst. I can remember um, the year 2008 when Timmy won the national championship, his team won. Um, and he lost one game by one point, by one point. And we were in church the next day. My husband was preaching at a different church and a lady cornered me in no. the bathroom no. and she said, in church. And she said, how could you let your son lose? And I thought, you know, we have to have a different perspective on sports. What's wrong with that lady? <laughs> I And I didn't say anything in return, but I cried. I mean, I went into the restroom and I cried. And I just thought, wow, it was such a lesson on how seriously people take sports. And it is a game. With and these kids are kids. kids. And actually, God turned that moment around. Timmy made this promise that has been it's it's been it it's on the University of Florida um I forgot which building it's on but it's immortalized the speech that he made that he promised after they lost that game and it motivated them to play harder and fearless and they went on to win the national championship god can turn around anything for mm-hmm. good but it doesn't always end that way yeah. sometimes it doesn't but i found that your kids can learn a lot from winning and losing and we can learn a lot from winning and losing. We have to be the moms. Mm-hmm. We have to set the example because we talked about earlier that your kids are always watching. Mm-hmm. People are always watching. What are they going to see? Yeah. Are they going to see you be just like everybody else? Mm-hmm. And if they see you hold your tongue, are they going to wonder, well, how is she doing that? It is by the grace of God. It yeah. does not come naturally. If you do what comes naturally, you will respond to that yeah. person yeah. Oh, you know, yes. negatively. And you want to. You know, it takes everything you have just Pam, to refrain. I, I just am, cannot believe that that woman cornered you in the bathroom at church. I cannot either. I and I can, we had some wonderful. Do you still know her name? Was, no, I don't. I didn't know her. I never. I didn't Let's call know her, her Sharon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely sure uh, that it was Sharon. It was so fun because I had a really close friend with me. Um, in fact, Karen Kingsbury, her name's Karen Kingsbury Russell. You probably yeah. know her. You might've had her on your show. No, and but I could. Maybe you could put in a good word for I me. would love to okay. because I love her. And her family was there and her kids play sports mm-hmm. and they're good at it. 
And they were all there taking it all in. And they learned a lot. And Karen said, boy, did we learn. So they visited us for one game. It was the one game we lost, of course, (laughs) by one point. But, you know, she said, she's even told me since it was such a great lesson for them. We have to know how to lose in life. You know, life has so many challenges. We find out that the lab test is negative, you know, or positive. You know, how do we respond to that? How do we respond when, you know, our husband loses a job? or we lose a child, mm-hmm. or there's an accident, you know, or anything else happens that just is so traumatic in our lives. Yeah. How are we going to respond? Yeah. People are watching. Yeah. Is your God real? Can you really trust him at a time like this? Mm-hmm. Can you open your mouth in wisdom with the teaching of kindness on your tongue? That's when I pray all the time. Can you do that in that moment? Can you use it to mm-hmm. encourage somebody else that may not know your God? or how to respond to that situation, that's all a God thing. It's all Him. And I just, I think it makes me even more dependent on Him because I realized, boy, in my own strength, there's no way I'd have have the right words, have the right attitude, you know, be able to respond to the people I need to respond to. And I think it's not, we're not asking people you know, when you and I are having this conversation, we're not asking people to be to be fake or weird. We're asking That's them right. to be true to That's I right. depend on God. Through, That's right. I like, still I cry. Can these I still cry. His strength. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. We tell I tell my kids often, um, and I don't want them to perform or to That's right. I don't want them to think they have to be something they're not, but I do often remind them that you represent Jesus and then That's right. your last name is an I- Ivy. So That's right. You represent Jesus and you represent this family. So remember that when you go out. And I hope that whenever they're out there making those bad choices, they'll hear their mom. <laughs> and you, you represent keep Jesus them. and you re- your last right. name is Ivy. So That's a great thing to tell them. You keep doing that yes. and keep doing that as long as they will listen because you'd be surprised at what sticks in their head yeah. after they leave home, those words come mm-hmm. back to them. You know, yeah. that's a good thing. Well, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, if you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Um, okay, Pam, your um, book, Ripple Effects, I hope everyone can get it. It's a great, um, it's full of great, beautiful stories. Just God about stories. God stories about what he's done in your life, about parenting, about influence. And so it's super encouraging. So thank you for writing it. Um, I always end my show with asking, what are three things you're loving and what are you reading? You got anything for me? Okay, so um, I have to be honest that I don't have time to read a lot of books right now, but I I, I'm reading New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And I was given that by one of my kids as a gift. And I didn't read it the first year he gave it to me. I was in the process of writing and all of that, but I am reading it this year and I love it. I can it's hardly so wait till the next day. It is so good. It's I appreciate beyond good. his words. So yes, much. I really do too. They're mm-hmm. real. They're all about grace and mercy, which yep. is what I need. It just humbles you and brings you back to where you need to be every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading that. I pick up 
certain books that I've read before because they're my go-to yeah. and I need, you know, and they're old. It shows how old I am, but um, Chuck Swindoll's book on improving your serve because mm-hmm. I need to, I'm not a natural servant, but it's through the context of serving my family and other people that God's brought into my lives, people I meet along the way that I've had the greatest influence. Yeah. And so I need to be reminded of that. So I just read the stories or the scriptures and I'll just get five minutes here and there. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that funny how we do that? Or a book on gratitude oh, yeah. that I need to remember to be grateful, you know, and I, so I go to those right now. I have other books that I have on my shelf that I'm going to read. I have a thousand. Soon, me too, that mm-hmm. as soon as I have time. So I'm a great believer in reading. Yes. And I, you know. It's hard to read when you're writing or preparing it is. It like is. things. And so I understand that battle. But the main book I read is just my go-to is, is the word. Yeah. And I think- as a young mom, I was so desperate. There weren't a lot of great books out there. And then I was isolated, you know, for years in the Philippines. And that drove me to God's word. And I think that's probably where I needed to be is where I got the most wisdom. So I still, every day, I still have to, that has to be my Get main diet. I can't just go to other books because their greatest wisdom is what I'm going to find in the word. And yeah. so I, I go there and what I'm loving I love this season of life that I'm in. You know, I love to make a joke because we're such a football-oriented family that um, I'm in the fourth quarter of life. And that's fun. It's fun in many ways because, you know, my kids, actually, they all are, you know, self-sustaining. They have their own families and jobs and they finish college. and, And I'm grateful for that. And I'm so close to all of them as adults. You know, I just, I love the people they've become. I'm so proud of them and friends with them. And I just, I love that. And we love being involved in their lives still. And I love having relationships with my girlfriends. I love though, not having to cook big meals for seven people. Oh, I'm you sure know? it's a whole new game. It is a whole new game. And that I have freedom. I don't think I would have, um, some women can do it. I never would feel as free to travel and speak as I do, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a great season to do that because my husband encourages me and he travels too. So yeah. I'm I'm free to do that. And it's just, I think I realized that um, I have my idiosyncrasies. I am quirky and I can accept that. Yeah. I think I can accept me that I am low tech. I'm never going to be high tech. Right. I have no sense of direction. I'll never know how to get places. And I, I'm grateful for yeah. Siri. And that helps me accept other people and just who they are, the way they are. I think I used to, you know, try to, try to wonder why aren't people like me? Now I know that, I know why. God created us all different. Yeah, and it's great. There's it more people. It is great. So I'm more accepting of myself and I'm more accepting of other people. So it's a it's a fun season. So I love that. And I love speaking. I'm so thankful that God lets me do it. I think, um, I just, I feel so grateful God uses me and I can't even understand it. And would you ever even imagined? Never, never. I spoke early on, but I shouldn't have at times because I really needed to have more wisdom. Uh-huh. I said things now, and I write about it in the book about how I I read some books about how if we just woke up earlier and went to bed later and tried harder. Uh-huh. And I I referred to Superwoman. Now I guess it's Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. But you know, it took me a, a while to realize. Wait a minute. You know, we can't be that. Yeah. We can never be super women, but we have a super God Mm -hmm. and that it all doesn't depend on me. I think that was a lot of pressure and I carried that around for a long time that it, and I think a lot of women deal with that. You know, the women that are listening, 
We think it all depends on us. We just have to, we do have to give it our all, but thank heavens we can turn to the Lord and it really does depend on us depending on him and he's got it. Yeah, 100%. I wish it hadn't taken me so long to figure it out. You know, I kind of faked it in front of my kids so they wouldn't end up doing the same thing, but that I kept going back to that and I'm so grateful that in this season of life, I know for sure yeah. that I could never be what I need to be in my own strength and my own wisdom yeah. that I really need the Lord. So I love the season that that I do speak a lot, but I really depend on him for it because I know that in in and of myself, I couldn't do anything apart from him. But Which I, is true of everything. It's true of everything. From a football game with That's crazy right. Sharon behind us. That's right. Just speaking That's right. on a stage. But you learn that if he's called you to do it, and Jamie, he has called you to do what you do mm-hmm. because you are encouraging women and they need to hear you. They need to hear what you have to say. They need to hear the people you bring on. And so God is going to give you the grace and the wisdom and the ability to do what you have to do. And, I, and I've realized that, that wait a minute, you know, the last big engagement I had, I got food poisoning oh, in the airport on the way. And to the event or at two? No, before the event. Oh, that's great. But I knew I had to do it. And I knew that God was somehow going to give me the grace and energy to do it. I went weak. I went empty. I went still somewhat sick. But I knew God was going to do yeah. it because it's Him. It's mm-hmm. about Him. Yeah. And He called me to do it. You know, you did not choose me, but I chose you to go and appoint you to do what I've called you to yeah. do. yeah. And I'll do it for you, you know? Which is how we can, e- it's even easier to not say, hey, this is all about me. And you're it's like, no, this exactly is not right. about me at all. But it's true in parenting mm-hmm. that he'll give you the grace to do it. It's true in your job. If he's called you to that job, then he'll give you the grace to do it. It's true in anything in life that God has called you to do. And I think I love knowing that. I love the the confidence in God, you know, that I can have. Yeah. Well, Pam, I am so thankful that you came into my studio and we sat down and chatted. Thanks for your your wisdom on um, encouraging women to have influence right where they are, um, for your just um, wisdom that you have about how God has a purpose for your life and how he can use you. I know Mm -hmm. that's going to be influential in so many people's lives. And thank you for such great stories about raising God stories. God wrote them, so I can't take credit. God stories. I just get to share them. God stories. Um, thank Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jamie. I told you guys that you would be impressed with Pam's love for God's word. It's infectious. It makes you want to know and love his word like she does. When she left the studio, Lindsay and I both said that we want to know the word of God like Pam. Her faith is genuine and inspiring to me as a woman, as a wife, and as a mama. Nothing is too difficult for God, like she said. I hope that this show encourages you today in whatever you're facing. I hope that you can see a woman who who faced some really hard trials and she stood on the word of God as her help and as her guide. And that's what I want to say about my life as well. Pam, thanks for sitting down with us in the studio. Today's guest was edited by Chris with Podshaper. And the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slackers, and this whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Alec Casaza. And we sat down when I was in Orange County a couple months ago. She came to my hotel room and I loved getting to know her and all she is doing to help women tackle the craziness of their lives these days. She is a huge resource and it was so fun to talk with her. You guys, enjoy your week. Happy June. I hope whatever you're doing, that you're celebrating and enjoying the people in your life around you. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you guys right back here next week with my guest, Allie.
On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.